Yeah, yeah. It's really good at at filtering out um, the S sounds. Yeah. Because I my old microphone had a really real big problem with that, even using a DSer, and this one like is just mwah. it's 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 so expensive, but it's also so worth it. <laughs> that is nice. But you know what isn't a third of the price is episode 39 of the Halcyon Frequency podcast. Now I'm blind and I'm hosting this episode. Uh, we're going to be talking about a whole lot of Steam demos. Uh, FG Squared is also here. How are you? Hi. Uh, tired. It's Friday. It's been a long week, but I'm here and I'm ready to talk about all of the games. Yeah, a lot of the games. Uh, also here is 2D Kiri. How are you? Hello. I just read the news and I'm very sad. I don't know if we mm-hmm. want to talk about stuff that just happened on the news. Oh, what happened? But Robbie Coltrane died. He played Hagrid. Oh. I'm oh. just very sad right now. I'm sorry. I'm doing good otherwise. Oh, wow. That is sad. I just Jeez. I just saw that on Twitter. Yeah, whoa. But he's not old, is he? Or was that old? I, 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 I think. Oh, no, actually. 72. Well, sorry, well. you just derailed that. <laughs> no, it's we fine. Have to cut this I mean. Out. No, I mean. Hmm. No, no, wait, just huh. sorry. Yeah, it's that, I mean, with the with the big beard, it can kind of. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't huh. look like it as much. Jeez, that's a yeah, bummer. Surprising. Yeah, surprising. Yeah, that is a bummer. Yeah. Oh. Although to be fair, him in person without the beard and him with the beard look like a different person. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'm looking at his IMDb right now, and it's just like pictures of him next to him with the beard. He, you know, I mean, I, I mean. Uh, I, I think about death in a weird way, and it's just kind of like, it's it's not about the fact that the person passed away. It's the fact of what did that person get to do? That person got a hell of a life. Oh no! I, I can I just talk about a, one little funny thing right now? Sure. Uh huh. Um, for some reason, I'm I'm on the Wikipedia page, and there's people messing about with it. And for some reason, now right now, it says he died on the 13th of October, 2012. <laughs> yeah, I saw that for a split second, and I was like, <laughs> I think that's wrong. Yeah, of course. There's people messing. I hope that when oh. I die, I'm famous enough that enough that like ten different people screw up my Wikipedia page. Oh, now now it's 14th of October, 2020. <laughs> That's how you know We're what happened closer. recently is because people are people are Aww. actively messing with the Wikipedia. Yeah, page. yeah. Yeah, um, that is that is sad though. Yeah, that sucks. Rest in peace. I mean, he was a yeah. wonderful wonderful portrayal of that character. Great actor. Agreed, 100. percent Yeah. But that that aside, um. The main theme of this podcast today is we're going to be talking about a whole lot of demos. Um, but, you know, we, we still got to do kind of our arbitrary intro section where we hang out for a little bit and talk about, you know, kind of the ways our week's been. So, um, FG, how, how have you been? It's I feel like it's like been a moment since you and me spoke. I listened to you a whole bunch last week just because, uh, like, I, I edited another episode, which is going up next week. Um but uh, could you talk yeah. a little bit about that episode that like has been pre-recorded that's going to go up next week, maybe kind of as a teaser? Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, it's, it has been a minute because like the last two times I was on the podcast, we recorded. I recorded with Arch and not you. Yeah, uh, I think. Yeah. So yeah, next next week, uh, slight teaser. We have a special episode coming out with Arch, Jess, and me, and we're talking all about uh, ADHD and gaming and streaming and professional and personal challenges that we faced. I think it's a really 
good episode. Like it was like we could have talked for like four hours more and we're gladly going to do a part two if people are interested. So um, definitely listen in next week and um, tell us what you thought. And if you'd like us to do more episodes about that, because there's lots more to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I have a like a personal rating system for our episodes of this podcast just because I edit all of them or most mm-hmm. of them. And uh, my my rating system is, okay, how many cuts did I need to make? How long did it take me to edit it? If I can edit it Ooh. faster than the recording time is, then it's a good episode because I can just be like, yep, that's relevant. Yep, that's relevant. Yep, that's relevant. Yep, that's relevant. And just like cut out like the bits where people talk over each other and that's super easy to do. Mm. And there was almost no editing in that episode. It was a very quick edit. Nice. Awesome. Considering they talked for uh, like almost two hours without taking a break. <laughs> like it, it, was, it was a good episode. So I'm, we had lots I'm to talk f- about. Looking forward to hearing what the audience has to think about that. But uh, Kiri, sad news aside, how's your like last couple of weeks been? Oh, wow. I was so busy. Um, so good. Busy. Like insanely good and cool and new opportunities and things. For example, Falloin, who was guest last week, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. uh, started coaching that me. That's correct. Because he has the podcast, Active Cast, and, and I need more exercise. He's a coach. I need the exercise. It's a perfect fit. Win win. We're making content out of that. So he started coaching me and I have a lot to think about now. You know, what are my goals? What do I want to do? How do I want to do it? But I'm very excited about it. That's super cool. Um, I was on radio in in Austria, FM4 radio station. Yeah, I'm fascinated that was, to know how that went. Yeah, that was really cool. So it was a, a very spontaneous thing. On Friday, uh, somebody reached out and said, hey, do you want to be on radio on Tuesday? And it's like, the, the one day at that exact time where I don't have time. So I shuffled things around to be on radio. It was super cool. So I went to the studio and it was like the actual recording room had tables in the middle with you, you would face the middle basically. And every table had like three microphones, um, lots of monitors as well, but I didn't need to look at any of those. And there was one producer taking care of um, starting the songs and adding jingles and stuff, who also told us, you know, 10 more seconds, and then we on air, Um, the host, and then there was me. And we were talking about, are we online too much or not? And basically, I was the person saying, you know, (laughs) I'm online all the time, it's awesome. Um, And then they had another person there via phone call who was absolutely not online at all, it was a bit weird, to be honest. It's like, mm-hmm. it was such, <laughs> such Via a... phone call? Yep, this checks out. Such, yeah, because it's super funny. Who uses phones? The, the, the host actually said, you know, it was so difficult to find somebody else who's not online a lot because how do you reach those people? Pretty funny. Anyway, uh, so we had about an hour and then um, one one listener also called in and, you know, gave their two cents. It was It was interesting. It was basically a stream, but less stressful because there is no camera. You as a guest don't have to look at the monitor and there is no chat. It's like the easiest thing ever. <laughs> you heard it here first. Radio, the <laughs> easiest thing ever. I, I said as Radio, a guest, child's play. Because the host, 
mm. for, for him it was a bit more stressful obviously because he had to time everything right and then make sure oh that song is a bit too long we've talked too much we have to now pick a shorter song and you know that kind of thing but like for me as a guest like, it was it was awesome it's, I mean, it sounds like an awesome experience. I'm super. It was. It was. Yeah. They might invite me back too because they they like me. I've I've worked with FM4 before, so you know chances are good gotcha. they might invite me again, which would be nice. And then I also had a, a proper professional photo shoot for the first time ever, which was really nice. So I'm I'm doing all the things. I'm saying yes to all the opportunities. I don't have much time, but it's cool. Mm -hmm. You made it on the podcast though. Yeah. Yeah, I've been working for almost 12 hours straight. I I had a per Same. professional <laughs> photo shoot done once. It was to get uh, like a photo of myself, which I gave to my grandma because she wanted a nice photo of me. Aww. There was like no nice photos of me. That's so nice. Fra framed up photos of myself and gave them to my grandparents. Um, but uh, my, both my grandmas. But um, when I did that, the person that I got to do it was just a friend of mine and I paid her in a six pack of beer. Why not? I think the last time I had like nice photos taken of me was for like my senior year graduation photos in the US. So like 20 years ago. <laughs> I was going to say like, yeah, like UD. <laughs> like... No, no, no. High school. God, mm. university. Nobody cares about university graduation. Let's go get a job, idiot. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't even get my diploma for like the uh, first seven months after what? getting my bachelor's degree okay now that's crazy <laughs> well so 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 the story was it's like totally off topic but whatever um i was i was studying like archaeology but in like a two two subject system so you have to take two subjects that you majored in um because you couldn't just do just archaeology for whatever reason but then while i was at uni they actually created that um course and then i switched to it but because they had only created it about three semesters before so one and a half years before i graduated it wasn't actually entered in the system yet properly so it existed and i graduated but like they couldn't certify that i graduated it's so funny that took another half year <laughs> it wasn't a big problem because i just did a master's at the same university so they just were like you know, yeah, whatever, fine, you're good to go. But, like, yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> well, I'm looking at this um, document of scheduling that we've got here and going, man, there's a lot of demos on this list. So I think I'm going to take us to a real quick break. And when we come back from this break, we're going to talk about a whole whack ton of demos. And then after that, we're going to talk about the games that we've been playing this week. So we'll be we'll be back right after this. This episode of the Halcyon Frequency Podcast is brought to you by... Suey. Follow or else. You heard it here first. It's cyber cute, not cyberpunk. You understand? Cute, not punk. Potions are definitely a soup. That's wrong. Cut. Hey, wait. I'm 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 not done yet. And we're back with the Halcyon Frequency Podcast, episode 39. We're about to turn 40. Jeez. Uh, I'm Blind and I'm still hosting, and I'm with uh, 2D Kiri and FG Squared. We're here to talk about a big old wall of demos. So, FG, your, your name is higher in the list. Uh, pick a demo. Tell us about it. Pick a demo. Oh, can I start? I mm, Do I start with my absolute favorite? I'd say I either start at the top or start at the bottom. 
Yeah. So so I only listed my favorites because I played 27 demos, I think. 27 is what is on my list. Um, I was, I would say 75% of what I played was good. 25% was crap. So I'm not going <laughs> to talk about any that, that were crap, basically. Um, I picked my favorite. And I my, my, my actual favorite, 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 favorite one is a game called Dredge, mm. uh, which is coming out next uh week and i believe you already talked about it about mm. on last week's episode right yeah but a little we bit. can have a a, a quick yeah, yeah. re-impression course, yeah. i suppose yeah so it's um comes out in 2023 it's by black sword games and basically what it is is a fishing game it's an exploration fishing game that one but yeah but with a sinister story and background and there's like all sorts of like lovecraftian sinister s stuff going on in the background and like when you go out at night fishing you start losing like sanity and all that sort of stuff and there's like people have gone missing and there's like mutated fish that you can find and all sorts of stuff like it's super intriguing and um the gameplay mechanics of fishing was also really fun so that's the one i'm looking forward to the most and i i need it like right now in my life and it's so good it was so good. How's controlling the boat with simulation sickness? Like, does it wobble on the waves or something? Uh, you can turn that off. Okay. You can turn the wave wobble off. It's it's really good. You can also make it so that um, the camera doesn't move at all when you're moving the boat, so it just stays Ooh. in one spot. Yeah. Like it's it like for me, I had no problems playing it. It was it had very it had various accessibility settings. Also, I want to say stuff like colorblind settings and all that sort of stuff. Like it was really good. Like I really, really enjoyed it. It was good, and like it did not get motion sick at all. Cool. Or simulation sick. Yeah, I really, really liked it. It was so good. Oh, I'm gonna be really honest about that demo. I played about ten minutes of it, and I really, really, really like the theme. I think it's really cool, and I'm generally really, really, really good with horror. But there's something about deep oceans that just triggers the ever living hell uh -huh. out of my ability to tolerate like primal horror and there's some things in this game that just make me go nope <laughs> yeah i can see that i can see it yeah if you if you if you don't like the deep ocean which is funny because like i can play amnesia and just like laugh hysterically but like there, there's something about that game it's like this is terrifying i do want to play it but like i think i'm i'm gonna wait until it's all done and out and then just mm. play it on stream and like have scary alerts or something and just yeah, yeah, yeah. Spook the crap out of me. <laughs> yeah, I'm so playing this when this comes out. It was so good. Oh, I loved it. I'm just looking. The demo is still available, and I haven't tried it, so mm -hmm. I might just, I might just do that. Do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I really, really liked it. The the one silly thing I will say about the Steam Next Fest, which is where the vast majority of these demos are from, I probably should have mentioned that earlier. Um, the 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 one thing that like perplexes me a little bit about it is like it is a, the opportunity to feature all of these demos, but half of these demos just remain available afterwards. Yeah. yeah, but I, I think I, it, it's because, like, what helps is, like, it gets promoted, and a lot of people, a lot of content creators have picked up on it now, so mm -hmm. it's, like, yeah. really good for for them. Yeah, like... For, for them, as in, like, indie devs. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, the amount of emails we receive before Next Fest now with, hey, do you want early access to our demo? No, I don't! I also, <laughs> I feel I also really don't, <laughs> But um, we, we do have a lot of uh, things to talk about here today. So uh, 
Kiri, can you can you pick a demo from from your? Yes, I can. Host? I want to talk about Floodland, which Ooh. which was super super fun. It's a well, let's say it's a colony sim, a survival game, with really nice graphics. It looks a bit artsy. Um, it's very polished already. I think it's coming out super soon. Let me double check. November fifteenth. Yeah, yeah, next month. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it's coming out very soon. Uh. Polished. It's also going to be a full release, so no early access, and you can definitely see that already. Like that, that played like a really good finished game. It was, it was fun. Uh-huh. It's explore, run around, scavenge stuff. You, you need to manage your resources because I almost hard locked myself. Um, yeah, survive. It's cool. Yeah, I played it too, and I also really enjoyed it. The one thing is though, on three x speeds. The waves were atrocious for simulation sickness. Holy moly, they were so bad. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I had a dev in my chat, in my chat, and I told them. So I hope they're gonna okay. add accessibility settings because I I told them about the waves and then the fog. The fog wasn't so bad, like the fog of war, but it still mm. moves. Like I think I turned yeah, down yeah. the the quality of it because <laughs> the lower the quality, the less it moves, basically. Um, oh yeah, less particle effects or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah hopefully we're gonna get get a couple more accessibility settings. But overall, like gameplay yeah, wise, that was awesome. Yeah, that one looks neat. Like everything about the visuals of it, it kind of um, it looks like a, a much more color. Like I don't know why it reminds me of like the the eleven bit style of Town Builder, where it's like let's make this look really pretty. And by eleven bit, I mean like uh, Frostpunk specifically. Mm-hmm. It's like let's make Makes this look sense. really really artsy. <laughs> It's kind of like yeah. the the artsy style of like town builder, and it's it's nice to see those because you know we we get so many that are just like it's all about the mechanics and it doesn't matter how it looks. And I know that I'm guilty of playing all of those games, but it's <laughs> nice to see pretty ones. And you you know you know why you have that association? Mm-hmm. Because it's made by X Eleven Bit Studio people. <laughs> that checks out. I mean, uh, Vi- Vile Monarch yeah. Vile Monarch is a weird collective of people too like they, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they they have quite a lot of output because there's a, a quite a few people working there so yeah so so um yeah just to quickly go there so the people who founded vile monarch were the co-creators of this war of mine at 11-bit studio mm-hmm. and then they've got uh, a whole bunch of other polish creators uh not creators uh devs that worked on like dying light um hard west and all that sort of stuff so it's uh yeah, I'm, I'm I'm expecting to see good things out of Val Monarch in the future. Like, I mean, this is already like really good, but I like after this as well, because they have a lot of devs in there that know their stuff. So once again, that was Floodland. Kiri, yes, pull another one out of your head. Okay, Storyteller. I Ooh. I don't know if I found it or if somebody recommended it to me. I can't remember right now, but I. I thought, okay, it looks it looks cute. Let's just play it. I wasn't really expecting anything. But Storyteller is a gem. It surprised me so much. So what it is, I mean, the name says it. It's a 2D game. You have a book in front of you. And then you pick the stories or the different chapters. And then you have different stories in those chapters. Um, it's like a, a comic panel. Is that it? So, so empty... Mm-hmm comic book page basically you have these panels um and then you have characters available and you have a background available and you get a prompt you get the title of the story 
And then you need to make that happen with the characters and the prompt or the, the characters and the background. And then you can swap them out and see what happens if, you know, in the first uh, panel that, what do we got? Give, give me a prompt. Um, I'm looking at the screenshots right now. So queen is deceived into marriage. Perfect. Right. And then you have a queen, for example, you have um, a, what was it? Like a knight. And then you had a crocodile suit or something. It was really funny. And then you can make this happen. And I, I loved it. You can be creative. It's a bit of a puzzle, but nothing too difficult. There are a handful of stories right now, but obviously they're going to be more by the end of it. And once you have all of this, there's also a, a joke ending for most of the stories that you can then also complete. Mm. And, and that's just hilarious. So if you haven't discovered enough and you only went for the, the most straightforward way to finish that story to get to the goal, then the joke ones are going to be hilarious. Super good. Highly recommend it. This is a another Annapurna Interactive published title, and to I'm I'm just looking through their previous catalog and going. I think I've played like eighty percent of the games they've released, with the exception of like Neon White and Pathless. Um, and I didn't finish twelve minutes, but like literally every other game that they've put out, I've at least tried or finished. Um, there's just something about that studio and their incredible, or a publisher, I suppose, um, and their incredible eye for very artsy games um i know like they, they had that runaway hit with stray this past year but even that's mm -hmm. like not really in their usual wheelhouse like they're, they're their games are very much like this is going to be a like two to four hour thing it's going to be really pretty and it's going to be very very well written is generally the kind of shtick that they have with the exception of 12 minutes which is bad don't 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 even try <laughs> uh but like the vast majority of their their, their stuff is like even when it misses it's interesting and I'm yeah. very keen on Like storytelling is just so creative. And then you can be even more creative by switching characters around or, you know, moving a panel, you know, further back or whatever. And then see what happens. Sounds and like a nightmare. And they, they just... To develop. They re probably. And the characters then react react to that. So if you, if you poison the drink first and then in the next panel you have somebody drink it, they die. If you don't poison the drink, they just drink it and look happy. It's very funny. All right, FG, your turn. Yeah, um, um, something a little bit different is the Van Gam. Gam? What? <laughs> the Van Gam? No, the Van, the van Game. Gam. <laughs> the Van Game. So the Van Game is, um, it's like I think it's it takes place in 2019. It's like it's 2019. COVID didn't happen. Before the you apocalypse. Your, yeah. You and your friends, or maybe 2020, but basically it literally says like COVID didn't happen. You and your friends go on one last road trip across the US to visit all thir 13 national parks, I think it is. And what it is, is basically... Is this Oregon Trail? It is 20-somethings in, in, a, in a car, but mixed with Oregon Trail. It's amazing. Okay, how it do we all so die of like some horrible disease? 
Fun fact, you can actually get dysentery in the van game. Great. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's a great nod. No, it's it's just like, so it's like a road trip game. But the funny thing is, uh, obviously there's events, you know, like there's like a person straight on the side of the car, a road, and you can help them and that sort of stuff. And uh, when you get to like a park, you can like find out stuff about the park. There's like, like, like a really like two three page long like just info about the park and then you get like a little stamp and you you move on and then when you get to the cities um because you have to obviously have food and you have to have fuel and you have to have first aid kits and you have to have um you know uh, extra wheels for your car extra tires for your car because they keep flying out of the window randomly because apparently we're not closing the window <laughs> and um when you get to the town uh you can do jobs and you can, and those are like mini games, and they're like really wacky mini games. They're not simulation sickness friendly at all. Uh, the, yeah, unfortunately, they're super not. Like they're they're so bad, but they're also hilarious. So the the one like the one that's my favorite is like you have like an obstacle course with blocks, and you have a van, and then there's another car. And what you have to do is you have to draw the wheels, and then they put the wheels on the car, and then it goes. But because it's an obstacle course. You can't just have wheels. You have to do like, I don't know, like weird hook shaped things or like long straight tires. And it just, the, the the van that just bounces around. The problem is the camera focuses on the van. So it just bounces the entire time. It's so bad. So if they just like take the camera away and like not have it bounce on the van, it would be great. But I don't know. Like, like the whole combination was just so... I don't know. It was just really hilarious and really fun. Like there, there's like it's like one of those games where I'm like, I want to watch somebody play this because I think like watching somebody play this makes it even better. Or like play it together with a chat. It was it was really good and it's got a really cool pixel art as well. It's not simulation sickness friendly at all though. <laughs> I'm looking at the description of this on Steam and it says key features: 14 beautiful national parks to explore, 12 fun-filled illnesses, including everyone's favorite dysentery. Uh, yep. Seven challenging mini games. Manage your money, food, gas, and more. Keep your crew happy, or they might abandon the van life. And uh, upgrade and customize your van, uh, your your home away from home, and collect stamps uh, in your passport mm. to learn maybe a little more. I wonder if the, is would you consider this game educational, FG? <sighs> what they tell you about the national parks is indeed ed educational. Like they tell you, you know, like. Size, who founded it, how long it's been founded, and like, you know, like, I don't know. We we went to the one in Appalachia and it was like, it's like covers, it takes like, it covers these amounts of square miles and most of it is like this type of forest and yeah, that sort of stuff. Huh. So uh, it has like, like so the, the info about the national parks is taken directly either from their website or from the Wikipedia article and it links to those in the game as well to find okay. out more. So yeah. It is, it is, in part, definitely educational, but also really hilarious. Interesting. It was something just, yeah, it was just something different. It was actually really fun to play. So that's the van game. Um, good theme. I'm curious to see how that one turns out. Uh, Me too, yeah. Kiri, it's your turn. Pick something. Yeah, I only have one that counts as my favorite, but that would be best to do as a last demo actually i mean if if if, if you want to do worsts we could do worsts i could do a worst sure if we want to do worsts okay yeah do a worst okay. now how about I that can do a worst do your worst and the reason why it's the worst is because i have simulation sickness but i rage quit that within minutes it's called mini land 
And it, it looks really cute. I just need to look it up now because I, I rage quit so quickly. I don't really know what, what you're doing in the game. Um, it's a, it's a sandbox survival, you know, crafting, building, farming kind of game. It looks really cute. The art style reminds a bit of Forager, but mm. you load the game and there's a title screen. And there are, like, it's raining something, objects, huge objects, continuously over the whole monitor. So you look at it and you already want to vomit. Perfect. You start the game, you play it, the mouse cursor at the camera is locked to the mouse cursor. So, of course, yeah. Perfect, right? You're going to look around and then you just want to vomit some more. You can't disable screen shake, and there is screen shake when you use your tool. Every <laughs> single time. So you're constantly time. clicking. Uh... And then I rage quit. And it's just, I, I cannot do this. I know not everybody has simulation sickness. And I suppose there's something to be said for, you know, there's screen shake in a game because it's artistic choice or the camera is is fixed on the cursor because it makes the game, I don't know, more playable, easier, whatever. But hear me out. This is a demo supposed to represent your game. You want to sell your game as a developer. Why the hell do you not add accessibility options in a demo? It's bad. It's just absolutely bad. Yeah. Uh, looking, looking at this... Um... Crap, what was the name of it? What was the name of that Heroes of Might and Magic sort of Heroes Hour? Yeah. That was a thing, yes. Everything is, is moving like that. And that made me really motion sick. And I don't generally get motion sick in games. Yeah, it's just... I feel like I know it's a demo and the game is not finished. But also... how? Fix your demo. How are you supposed <laughs> to sell a game when it's not accessible? And it's not just yep. me, right? So many people from my chat said that, you know, they can't watch this. It's just horrible. It's not just a bit of screen shake. It's like every time you use your, your axe to cut down a tree, the pickaxe to to cut down, uh, to, to pick rocks or whatever. It's just, ah, it made me so mad. I think really what it is, I think really what it is, is it is not the most well-known issue so the problem is is you have solo developers that just develop a game and go oh this isn't a problem for me right like th this morning I, I was watching a um a live stream on the um hyper strange channel uh, of their new game that they just announced um and it's a tower defense uh like bullet hell essentially and because of the color palette of that game um it for me uh would be completely unplayable most likely mm -hmm. because of the color palette versus like the color of the enemies and the color of the bullets. So it's just like, this is an initial demo that like literally only the person who's streaming it has. Um, it's called other war. If people want to look it up, oh, I, um, I tried that, but it, it's like, it's for, for me, virtual, like I not a possibility of me being able to play it. And it's just like the developer was in the chat and it's just like, Hey, can we get outlines around the bullets? that maybe like we could change the color of based on the background so you can actually see stuff. And they're like, yeah. And it's like, that's what demos are for. You're supposed to give feedback and like ask for features and fix features. It's like, you know, Manor Lords has that thing where every single time you build something, screen shakes for some unknowable reason. Yeah. Which was yeah, so, so mild. I didn't even notice it until you pointed it oh, out. Oh, I noticed. And then um, you can turn it off, but, but it's bugged. So it still shakes when you place a road or a market thingy or anything that's just a big thing with yeah. connected points. So yeah. it's, it's mm. like different things affect different people differently. Right? Oh, absolutely. It's like, 
So that's why demos exist is so that developers that can't afford QA or don't have any QA or their QA is like their partner and their friend. Um, it's not exactly the biggest test pool, right? So I know. you have to work with that. I so know. That's largely what these demos are for. So giving feedback's a positive thing, even if it sounds like it hurts. FG, do you want to pull the next one? Sure. I'll, I'll, um, I'll do, I'll do one more of the ones that I liked and then I'll do my worst. And then can Kiri can wrap it up. <laughs> I, I, awesome. I, you know, yeah, I think, I think that's a, that's a good idea. I, like so I have two on here, but I'm going to pick only one. Um, oh, but which one am I going to pick? The left one. Flip a coin. The left one. Well, no, you know what? I'm not going to pick Potionomics because that's coming out next week. So I'll talk about that some other time. So forever skies. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, another one of those potion alchemy games <laughs> anyways uh forever skies so forever skies is the one thing that really was annoying about the demo is it's like super time limited like you have like 10 minutes 20 minutes 20 minutes i think from the starting time and it's um first person post post-apocalyptic survival game uh comes out sometime this year so not so far away and um basically Earth has like been messed up and you're here to find something. And um, instead of like a submarine, in like in Subnautica, you have an airship and you build your base on the airship and you fly around uh, in the sky and you like fly basically from skyscraper to skyscraper to get resources and uh, find, you know, blueprints and find out what the heck happened. And uh, you make your airship bigger and all that sort of stuff. So it's... Uh, yeah, it's kind of Subnautica in the sky, and it was, uh, I don't know, it was really fun. I really enjoyed it, but uh, it was a bit too, sh the demo was too short, because it was like, you had the intro, and then it's like, 20 minutes, go. So you couldn't really explore much, and you couldn't really build too much, mm. but um, it, 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 I mean, it did what a demo is supposed to kind of do it made me want mo to play more of the game so i <laughs> guess it succeeded in that regard right sounds like it yeah so no i that that was that was fun i enjoyed that one it's just like it even has the it, i mean it's just a tts voice right um the the subnautica uh tts voice so the one that talks to you when like you know when you when you come back to the ship and it says uh Welcome aboard, Captain. It's just the same voice. And I don't know, that kind of set the tone and I'm Welcome intrigued. home. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Doing sort this of. again. I, I don't think it's, it's not the same company. So I, I think it's because it's, that's just a, a, that's, it's not a TTS voice that they made, right? So it's just one that you can buy. So, but it set the tone and I don't know, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued and looking forward to playing that when that comes out later this year. Or maybe when it comes out in full, because it's going to come out in early access, so I might skip early access and then just play the full release. Because I'm a little bit tired of early access games. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I noticed that when playing the demos, because we just touched upon that earlier, that small devs might not have QA, right? As a streamer, yeah. and then especially with demos, I feel like a QA test all the time, and I, I don't want to... I mean, it was fine for the couple of days for the demos, yeah. but like... I want to play a finished game, please. I'll be yeah, totally honest. Yeah. This is the reason I only talked about like two demos mm. last week. Because it's like, those are the ones mm. I really want to play the rest. And, nah, I'll wait until they're done. Yeah. yeah. 
Gotcha. But, you know, yeah. it, it is definitely a fun change of pace, at least for a brief period of time, so. Agreed, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was, it was fun. It's always, it's always exciting to have uh, Steam Next Fest happen. But uh, I guess I guess I did threaten the one yes. that I didn't enjoy. So, and this this hurts me. It hurts me so much. Oh no! But it's Deluvian Winds. So, Deluvian Winds is a survival based survival strategy game. I guess is the best way to to say it. So you have a beautiful beautiful hand-drawn cartoon game uh with lots of different animals in them oh, this looks like and Redwall. yeah and the main character is an otter so it's like <laughs> like freaking made for me yeah and basically what you do is um so uh i guess the polar ice caps have melted basically and you manage your little base and it's it's run base so it's not like you start forever but basically it's run base and you win once you hit the required amount of stars mm. we'll talk about how to get stars uh, in a in, in a way and the day is like uh like sort of divided into different segments because you will have people visiting you they'll stay with you for a while they'll do some jobs for you while they're there and then they move on um and the way you get stars is by fulfilling their dreams and maybe this is one, this is just something that happened in the demo. But most of their dreams was like, I want to eat this for dinner. I want to be really happy. I want to work with somebody in this room. Not even in this room, in just a room. Um, I want to make 30 wood planks while I'm here. Like, it was like really simple stuff. And uh, so you start your day. And... Uh, that you have to click the next button to get to the next setting where you can then assign your people. You can strategize what you need to make because you need to make food. There are different types of food. You have to get different types of resources to build things. Um, so you assign your people to, I don't know, work in the greenhouse, go fish, work and make, uh, uh, produce like grubs basically, find grubs, make wood planks, smelt stuff, etc., etc. Then you click next, they do that. And then the next, one is then dinner. You have to decide how many people, how much people get to eat for dinner on what you're going to cook because certain meals technically affect how you produce resources afterwards or how many resources. Like, for example, like, I don't know, if you feed X to X uh, type of animal, they'll make 20% more planks or something if they work in the, in the, in the um, sawmill next day or whatever. And then you click that button and then everybody goes to sleep. And then rinse and repeat. And um, the one challenge is every once in a while, the weather, there will be storms and there's like big tidal waves coming in, tsunamis basically. So you need to shore up your lower rooms because you can build up, like there's that levels you build up, there's three different levels. And depending on how high the wave is, you have to like make sure that stuff is shored up. Uh, basically what you need to do for that is you just need to have wood planks and a person working on shoring the room up and then you're good to go. And the problem is you have about a minute of gameplay where you assign your people to strategize which resources you want to produce. And then the rest of the day is partially skippable, cu partially skippable cutscenes. 
and that's it. Rinse, repeat. And while you just fulfill their dreams. Like, I want to work with somebody in this room. Okay, you're going to work with this person in the greenhouse today. Dream done. Three stars got. Next. And then they leave after four days and you get new people. And it was, I don't know, it was so disappointing. Because the art is so gorgeous and it looks so awesome. And I was hoping for so much, but... You never needed, I never built anything more than the greenhouse, the fish, the mealworm farm, and the sawmill because you didn't even need any of the higher tier resources in the game. That's because strange. there's like a bajillion resources, but you never, I never needed them ever. And I just, I just clicked from day to day. I, I put already like, they already have a button in the game where it's like, skip most of the cutscenes, just get through the decision phases. There's still cutscenes you can't skip. Or animations that you can't skip. But I don't know. There was like no gameplay in the game. I actually like the resource you... management. But but yeah, there was a lot of, you know, next, 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 next. <laughs> and then you wait yeah, for new people to arrive and new people come and then it's just Oh yeah, you wanna eat that? The same thing okay, again. Have this. Yeah, it was the same thing again. Yeah. So I think it can be really challenging with the weather. And keeping that flame alive, but I never had problems. Oh yeah, true. There is a, that's a good point that you bring up though. There's a lighthouse, and you need to make sure that the, uh, that the light is on all the time because if it if it goes out, you lose. Yeah, I think that's um, the that's what's supposed to be. The, yeah, yeah. But I never had problems. Like my flame was like mostly max. Yeah. Even Same. during storms, because I had so much wood. <laughs> so I don't know. Mm. I, uh, mm. I don't know. Like, it's it's not. It hasn't have a release date yet. So I'm hoping it's pretty early, and they're gonna <laughs> put more into it and make it more complicated. Because yeah, I think I think what's what's odd because they describe it as a colony sim or a city builder, and it doesn't feel like that because everybody is transient except the main person. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd like say it's just a research management game. Survival research management yeah. resource. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't play that long, I, so I, I, think... I enjoyed it. But now that you mentioned all of that, it, yeah, I can see that it just gets boring because, you know, it's always the same. I finished. I, 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 I promised to myself that I would finish a run. Okay. And do it. Like, like I win because I was like, Basically, it's like, please don't let this be it. Please don't let this be it. I really want it to be good. Yeah. So I played. I'm just I'm just looking up right now. How long did I play? I played. Oh, gosh. Where do I have it? Where do I have it? <laughs> it didn't even take me that long. I think it was like 25 stars or something to get. And it took me. I, I don't. I can't find it. I can't find it. But like, it didn't even yeah. take me that long to do. Uh, oh wait, here's it. Um, one hour and twenty minutes, and a lot of that was just next, 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 next. Oh, assign next, 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 next. Mm. So yeah, that was that was disappointing because I was like otters, yay, pretty odd, yay, gameplay. Ooh. Well, what if what if I told you that the Dwarf Fortress map I've been playing has undead otters that have a habit of scaring my children, and then we stamp them into pieces, and then the pieces come back to life, so you have, like, undead otter head and undead otter paw <laughs> and undead otter torso um, crawling into your fortress, and then everybody just steps on them. 
that sounds like Dwarf Fortress. That sounds mm-hmm. amazing. Uh-huh. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> the undead rattlesnakes are terrifying, though, to be honest. To be fair, rattlesnakes are terrifying, just straight up. What if they're undead, though? <laughs> it's like a skelified rattlesnake. Do they still produce poison yes. when they're undead? Yes. Then they're terrifying, yes. <laughs> my, my arbitrary Dwarf Fortress minute is now complete. Um, <laughs> Kiri, uh, do you want to yeah. wrap up this section? Totally. I want to wrap it up. So the last of my favorites is It's a Wrap. And ah. <laughs> wait, you didn't know? <laughs> no, I thought I wasn't that was a purpose. Much attention to the names of the game. Oh well, well that's why I wanted to do it as a last demo. <laughs> but did you know of G? I did. Okay, yeah, that's why yeah. I maybe also right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yep. Okay, so the game is called It's a Wrap. We don't have a release date for it yet. It's super unique. So you and Hollywood, you're the producer of movies, and you get a script at the start of a level, uh, just. I don't know, a page of, you know, there's this character, this character, they're talking together and you have to cross this bridge, for example. And then it's basically like you're looking at a video editing software. You have different objects on the timeline. You have the character, um, which you can move. Then you have, for example, a rock falling. You can't move that. That's going to happen at that certain time. And then when you move the slider of where you are currently, then, you know, things are going to move according to how they are presented on the timeline or when they are presented on the timeline, basically. And it's a bit of a puzzle game. It's 2D, so it's kind of like a... It's not really a platformer because you don't really do the jumping or anything, but no way you do. It is It is a 2D platformer puzzle game, and the puzzle is making it so that you don't die, basically, that you make it from the left to the right by moving the objects on the timeline in the video editing software. And then you press action. And then you have to control that character, the the, the hero, main person, and hopefully survive all of it. It's super unique. It's really funny. And it's got so many references to movies in it. That sounds really good. Yeah, yeah, it was. This reminds me of a more action-oriented version of the movies. If either of you ever played that. No. I did not know. The movies is a Peter Molyneux game, and I think when he was with Lionhead Studios, I'm actually like taking a real quick peek. Yeah, Lionhead Studios, um, published by Activision, of all things. Um, but the the movies was like, it, it was like a, it ran in the same engine as The Sims, so it was like this 3D thing. And you had kind of like this like film crew thing, and they would tell you, "We need a movie that includes these actors with these scenes." And then um, it was kind of like a management game. And if you did the management game proper and kept the actors happy, then they would put on a good performance. And then you'd have to script out the movie and then shoot the movie, and also like keep everybody happy and market your movies and everything and then release the movie and then you get like a little bit of like a this is how much money the movie made and how many people saw it and these this is the tale for the VHS release and the DVD release right. and all that um, but this seems like a much more action oriented version of that yeah yeah definitely so it's it's not the management stuff it's really only getting that one scene shot um, mm. and it's only individual scenes that, that you have to shoot and then you just yeah. move things on the timeline and hope that it works and then you realize, you oh, wait, a... it doesn't. Got to try it again. 
Do you get a recorded replay when, when, when you complete the scene? Yeah, yeah, you do. Cool. Can you watch outtakes? <laughs> I mean, you watch it while it happens. I don't think I it just saves want to see all the it failures in the collection. In real time. I don't know if it does that. That would be so funny. Mm. That would be so good, though, yeah. yeah. That or just, like, run all of the seams simultaneously and do kind of like the Super Meat Boy thing where they all just, like, splat at the same time. <laughs> but, like, just, like, all of the different stuff. That would be fun. This, this seems neat. This seems like a, a, a bit of fun. Yeah, it was. Sure. I, I had a lot of fun with it. Well, that's a wrap. Not really. Uh, it's a wrap. We're done with the demos for... That was a wrap. <laughs> uh, it's a... Anyway. Hmm. Um, I'm going to take us to a real quick break here. When we come back, we're going to talk about the games that we've been playing this week. How's that sound? Perfect. I'm ready. We'll be back right after this. Hi, Pelanar here. Thanks uh, for listening to our podcast again. I'm not uh, on the episode uh, this week. Uh, I'll be again uh, later uh, some of the other weeks. Uh, uh, but if you want to see and hear more of me, you can find me on uh, Twitch.tv slash Pelanar, where I do all my gaming content. Uh, also on YouTube.com uh, slash TV for all the reviews and everything. And also I've been doing a lot of miniature stuff lately. All kinds of Warhammer and painting and modeling and so on. And you can find those uh, on uh, Rikus Minis uh, on YouTube. Uh, and same also on the Instagram if you're interested. But anyways, back to the episode and enjoy listening for the rest of it. And we're back with the Halcyon Frequency podcast, episode 39. Like I mentioned back at the beginning, uh, we're kind of skipping news today. Uh, because there's just games, 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 games. So we we just talked about a whole bunch of demos, and now we're going to talk about the games that we've been playing this week. So a little a little game came out recently, published by Frontier Foundry, Frontier Foundry, and Haymont Games. I think is how you say it. I'm probably mispronouncing that. But Stranded Alien Dawn, which is a game that I completely missed, was coming out, which I think was on the PC gaming show back at whatever the heck E3 was this past year. Um, so, FG, do you want to tell us a little bit about this uh, lovely little colony builder from Frontier Foundry? Yeah, sure. So, um, Stranded Alien Dawn came out on the 12th. Is by Hemimont Games, who made um, Tropico 3 and 4 and Surviving Mars. Um, just to, you know, give a little bit of example as to why the UI in the game might feel familiar if you've played Surviving <laughs> Mars. <laughs> um, it is not a game like Surviving Mars. So yes, it is. You have to survive on an alien planet, but it is a colony management game, colony management sim. So it's um, it, it's not gonna escape this comparison. It's 3D RimWorld mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> with 3D models and a 3D world, right? It's it's just, it's a colony sim in space. You have to survive on an alien planet. You crash land um, and you have to survive and your ultimate goal is actually to get off the planet. Um, but instead of 2D top down, it is um, 3D. Like isometric, like you can zoom in, you can zoom in really, really close. Um, the textures actually look really decent. Um, for a game like that. It is an early access. It's going to be an early access only for a short while, though, because the game itself is actually pretty... is already pretty, like, done in terms of, like, optimization. Like, it runs really well. I had... um, I've had a couple of bugs after playing for about 20 hours. We've noticed a couple of smaller bugs. 
And I've had one crash where I was trying to set up an expedition and the order save kicked in. And then the game was just like, I'm going to try to divide by zero now <laughs> and crashed. <laughs> Literally, that was the error that it tried to divide by zero. <laughs> so that was funny. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a 3D colony management sim and uh, it's probably the best 3D one that I've ever played. Out of all of the ones that are like that I've attempted to do to go 3D, like uh, Go Medieval, Stone Hearth, you know, all of those games. Um, oh, what's the other one that came around the time where Stone Hearth came out? That then Nomoria. Yeah, uh, well, Nomoria. No okay, yeah. so Nomoria is isometric, and if you're going to count Nomoria, then you also have to count Dwarf Fortress, um, which is also 3D and is by far the best. Well, well. <sighs> It's 3D in that it has X, Y, and Z layers, yes. It doesn't have 3D rendered models, though. That's what I meant when I say 3D. Neither does Nomoria. Fair enough. Fair Nomoria enough. is a isometric yeah. game. Dwarf Fortress can be rendered in an isometric format. Yes. And yes, there are fair. renderers that will render it in isometric. Yes, but not while you're playing live, though, right? You can. It's okay. just not well, optimal. But, but it's not playable in no, that. No, it's playable, statement. but like, you can. It's it's still just I'm gonna draw this line here and say that you can't call Nomoria 3D if you're gonna not call Dwarf Fortress 3D. Yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. But like, like just, just like all of, all of the all of out of all of the ones that that have tried. Oh wait, no, I was thinking of a different one. I was not thinking of Nomoria. You're not thinking of the Beaver Nomoria. City Builder, are you? No, 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 I'm not. I was thinking of something else, but I don't know what I was thinking of. Because there's Going Medieval, there's uh, Stone Colony yeah. Builder, or whatever it is. There, there's hmm. yeah, there, there's several. Whatever. It's it doesn't it doesn't actually matter which ones I'm thinking of. It's the best of the ones that I've played, <laughs> and um, it's so it's an early access, but mostly for system refinement not for like gameplay optimization like it ran i have a 1080 ti and it ran like solid 60 all the way through like with like everything cracked up cranked up to max like it runs really well so it's just um basically for like system feedback and like more integration of systems and that sort of stuff um there's already pr plenty of things to do um because as i said i've played for 20 hours now my first colony died due to pneumonia um but the second quality, we're, we're going strong. It needs some tw balance tweaking. Um, electronics are like ridiculously hard to get until you get 3D printers. But um, yeah, I've been really enjoying it. Colony I've survival really, really is the one it. I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, There's that also existed. Castle Story. Uh, yeah, there's, there's so there's, many. Yeah, there's quite a few. <laughs> Yeah, there's so many, but like, I mean, yes, yes, those are those are a lot of more like fantasy themed, and this is spacey, but like, it's it's the best one that I've played so far. Has it like a bajillion tons of replayability? Depends on where it goes from here, because right now, like the Rimworld influence is very clearly seen, like very clearly seen. <laughs> but um, so you know. I've still been enjoying it though, and I've played it for like I've been playing it since Tuesday, Monday. I don't know. I've I've played like basically almost every day this week, so I don't know. I've been really enjoying it, even if it's 
if if one wants to be mean and say it's just 3D RimWorld. But I'm curious to know what Kiri thinks about it. I haven't played it as much as you have, but I've really, really liked it too. I mean, yes, it's kind of RimWorld, but I like it. It's so I mean, not that I don't write, like RimWorld, but mm. it's got unique things. For example, you crash on this planet and you don't know anything, which just makes sense because it's a new planet, right? Yeah, true. So you have to observe... Yeah creatures yes but also you know what is this plant and then you have to send somebody there and just study that plant for a while to to gauge is this edible is this poisonous is it you know what what does it do what can we do with it how does it grow and you can do that with everything and i think that's really really a cool mechanic yep i also like that you have power circuits but it's not going to break your brain so you, mm. you place your power generators, you place your power poles to connect everything together. And then you can have automation for a motion sensor, for example. And then just say, you know, this is, this motion sensor um, is in that circuit, that generator or that tower is in that circuit as well. And then that's put together, automated. Super cool. I really like that. It's It's not too simple, but not too difficult. Another thing I really liked was the different ways to defend. So you have turrets, you can make fences, you can make walls, you can shoot over fences. There are different gates, gates that you will close behind you and then gates that will just, you know, stay open and you have to open and close it manually. Um, that traps and everything, like it's, it's really fun. Yeah. It's super cool. I enjoyed it a lot. I didn't get to go on expeditions and stuff, but I I will play it again next week. Yeah, yeah, I, I I'm excited to see where it goes. I don't I don't know because I haven't said anything, and I would really want to know if they are gonna open it up to modding. Um, some people have said they they doubt it because it does run the Nuvo, but it doesn't runs the Nuvo like where it doesn't impact gameplay, like it's actually implemented properly. Um, and there's like no frame stuttering and, and all that sort of stuff. Like it's they, they actually know how to implement it so it doesn't like affect your gameplay and your FPS and whatnot. But then at the same time, they made Surviving Mars, right? And Surviving Mars had uh, mods and modding. Um, so I really hope that, that uh, that's the thing for this because I think like people will go crazy with mods for this as well. I would... I, I, um, I, the one question I do have about mods for this, though, is maybe the same problem that Surviving Mars had with mods, which is they have to render a 3D model. And the second you have to render a 3D model in more than just a sprite, modding becomes a lot more sparse. It does. Do you think it would then, have a big enough community to have crazy mods? I think so. I think so. Like, like I mean, there is, like... I mean, yes, Surviving Mars has been out for a long time by now, but there is, like, a... There is a Surviving Moon total conversion mod now for Surviving Mars. I think it was for Surviving Mars. I want to say it was for Surviving Mars. Like, hmm. I, I, I say that just oh. because this has 160 reviews and has been out for two days, which isn't crazy. Like, it's, it's certainly not, no, not selling. No, it flew, but... it flew on that, that I think, I think, I don't know why or how. Like, it flew under so many people's radars. I didn't even know this came out until Bellinair was streaming it. Um. I, I think yeah. the, the thing that I'll say about this game is uh, they didn't do a very a good job naming no. it. Like, what mm. does Stranded Alien Dawn mean? Especially considering there's Stranded Deep, 
on Steam. Like, if you just go to, like, Steam and type in Stranded, you get Stranded Deep, Stranded Nightmare, and Stranded Alien Dawn, and they all sound like they could theoretically be in the same franchise, and they're completely different games. Not to be confused with the Stranded series of games, which is a single developer-developed series that's existed since, like, 2003, that actually still has a lot of SEO on that, which uh, Stranded Deep is allegedly a knockoff of. Um, so it's like, I... I get, yeah, I get that, yeah. I wonder if it's partially just the naming um, and the marketability of said name. I don't know. I, don't, I, I just don't think there was, like, I don't know. It's hard to name video games. It is hard to name video games, but, like, I mean, I realized it was coming out when I got an email from Frontier about it, like, a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, on the 5th. So, like... One and a half weeks ago. Like, that's when I realized it came out. I, and I, I hadn't seen anybody talk about it or anything like that. So I, I feel like it's kind of just... Um, it just flew under people's radar somehow. There was just no marketing behind it at all. Yeah. I was um, also watching um, a uh, another group, another podcast group, actually, uh, watching the games... A PC Games show live, which is where this was shown. And um, the initial trailer they had for it looked like arc like that's what it that looked too, it, yeah their their trailer didn't look like a colony sim until like the last two yeah. seconds of the trailer where they were all like oh okay it's another arc clone and they were like talking over it not paying attention they're like wait hold on a second that was interesting and by that point they'd forgotten the name of the game um yeah. <laughs> so it's like I, I i i do wonder if some of it was the marketing whereas something like going medieval sold everybody on the concept of what it was the second the trailer hits yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I definitely, I, I remember that. I had already forgotten about the trailer, but like now that you're like actually like saying that and describing that, I'm like, yeah, I remember that. I watched this. I mean, we're we're plugged into marketing emails, and I didn't know yeah. this game was coming out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, but like everybody that has seen it, like, and a lot of people have bought it, and they've like been enjoying it now. Sure. Like yeah. on, so, I, I yeah. I think I think it's just it flew in a lot of people's radar, and hopefully, hopefully it changes. Because I think that there's something like, as I said, it's like the most solid 3D colony sim. At least at the beginning of early access. Yeah, I mean, it's it is it, as I said, this is early. It's gonna be only in early access for half a year ish. So it's it's for system refinement, but. A lot of work has already gone into this because basically Heavy Mod hasn't done anything since Surviving Mars came out, yeah. right? And they sold it to Paradox in like, gosh, 2019? Yeah, so Was I guess they've been working on this for probably three, four years. Yeah, I, I, would, think, I would think so, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's got 2,400 concurrence. Like, it's, it's not doing terrible, but... It's going up. The number's going up. It was at 1,200 earlier today, so it's going up. So it's... I think it's going to be one I, of those... I hope that game does well. Yeah, it's going to be one of those word of mouth type things where it spreads and then more content creators are going to go to pick it up. Yeah. Like every day that I've been streaming it, the directory has also been gotten getting busier. So I think it's slowly picking up well, as well that's good. in that that's regard. Good to hear. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. Maybe I need to try and get key for that. <laughs> Maybe they already sent it to me and I missed it. <laughs> um, I'm going to talk about Deadland real quickly. Um, this is a game that. Uh, I think currently has two reviews on Steam. Um, and it was a... 
a game that I saw a couple screenshots of on the Roguelikes subreddit, which is very much the traditional Roguelikes subreddit. Um, and uh, this developer is basically talking about how, yo, you know, I'm a big fan of these games, and as I've been looking at making some. Here's some sprites that I'm working on for my games. So I, remember, I remember seeing those posts a while ago. I think the Roguelike devs subreddit as well. I saw their posts pop up a couple times. And then uh, one day suddenly they were like, and it's out! And they, 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 there was a post saying it was out, so I shot the dev a DM, and I was like, hey, just could, could I ask for a key? Because I see you're doing a key giveaway in the comments section. And they're like, well, I think I emailed you one a couple weeks ago. And I was like, really? And I searched through my email, and it landed in my spam. And I was like, yep, you did. Thank you. Um, so I redeemed the game and took a look at it. And it's a it's it's an interesting take on traditional roguelikes. It's... It's only so it's it's kind of like a, a directional corridor with no load screens. So generally, with with roguelikes, you'll like especially very traditional dungeon crawlers. Um, in uh, it's you know top down, turn based, grid based, um, diagonal movements. Um, you'll walk through areas until you fill out either a screen or like kind of a floor, and then you'll go down a set of stairs into a new floor. Well, instead of going down a set of stairs into a new floor, you are going from waking up in a laboratory in a weird post-apocalypse to trying to get to a cabin at the other side of the wasteland. So you're trying to get across the Deadlands, essentially. Um, there's a large number of starting classes, and some of them are quite silly, um, including, like, a fireman, there's a hobo, there's a, a child, there's a weird green mutant thing. Um, there's a patriot, there's a, a teacher, there's um, a, a person who can't see, and they, they all have um, different kind of ab ab absurd traits that they come with. So the, the, the child gets a massive speed boost whenever they eat sugar. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the hobo um, uh, can scavenge way better and gets stuff uh, from every seven monsters they kill. Um, the camper heals when they don't move. Um, the, uh, the, the, the firemen can knock down things because they have an ax. Um, but it, very quickly it gets into the kind of the like absurdist sort of stuff. So, um, certain enemies have radiation and they're radioactive enemies. They'll be like slimes or like these weird things with like glowing bubbles on their, on their heads. And, um, if you, if you get hit by them, even if they miss you, you gain radiation. And when you gain 10 radiation, you get a mutation. And this, these are goofy as hell and there'll be things like you're a rat now cheese heals you good luck or it'll be like um you're now a werewolf thing and you have a one percent chance every turn to go insane turn into a werewolf and run after the nearest thing and cut it up but you get a massive attack bonus um or you have a uh, a chance to blink um and teleport forwards um you, you have you suddenly can't see um suddenly you can see but if it's daytime you can't see if it's nighttime you can see um now you heal when you're in the sunlight now you take damage when you're in the sunlight that kind of stuff um and so as you're traveling along, the other thing that you'll find are what's called skill tomes, which take 160 turns to read, and you have to just click them 160 times or hold the button down for 160 turns, and um, then you can gain skills. So there's no experience, so there's no reason to actually kill enemies unless you're playing a uh, type of character that uh, is benefited from that. The whole point of the game is to just go left. Um by default, it's a little isometric game. You can shift the camera to straight top down. You can do kind of flat. You can angle it at any angle you want, and it's, like, perfectly locked, so there's no uh, motion sickness issues with this game. Um, but overall, as somebody who plays a lot of these games, I found it a little bit easy initially. Um, I uh, 
filmed my video for YouTube after about an hour of gameplay when I was just kind of figuring things out. And then I continued to play for another three hours. And I managed to get to the end. And uh, you get a key when you get to the end, and then you're told to go back. And I was like, okay, this is this is pretty easy. And then I got back to the uh, facility, and there's a door at the back of the facility, which you unlock with the key. Unlocked the key to go out into the... And then I realized, oh, now I'm actually in the Deadlands. And then the game gets really, 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 really hard. <laughs> but it's... I don't know. It's it's a very underappreciated game right now. Um, it's got nice pixel art. The abilities are surprising and fun. There's quite a good item variety. Um, it's got... Uh, fun management meters. You've got your hunger management and your health management and certain things heal you and certain things hurt you and some food will hurt your health but give you a lot of sustenance or vice versa. Um, lots of consumables, fun enemy variety. Um, the there, There's some pretty amusing visual gags going on. Um, like randomly becoming an animal is never going to stop being a little goofy. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. And probably will play some more of it. Sounds fun. It's Deadland 4000. Cool. Oh, yeah. It also has full keyboard control as well as mouse control. So the entire game is mouse driven if you want it to be. Nice. But uh, on the topic of kind of amusing games, um, you know, we, we talked about uh, Stranded Alien Dawn a whole bit. So since we're kind of on the colony building feel, uh, Kiri, do you want to talk to us about Stardius? Yes. How is that amusing? Um, rare. I thought we were going to go for the other <laughs> game now. No. Okay, right. I feel like we should end on a high note. Yeah, no, that, that's okay. Okay. So High note? Yeah, see. <laughs> I do get it. The teasing. Listeners are going to be like, what? So Stardius uh, also came out in early access. It's a like also as in like Stranded, Alien Dawn. Um... And it's also a sci-fi survival colony sim. Although this is a space sci-fi, so you are in space on your ship. Broken down ship, actually. And published by Paradox Arc. Thank you. Their new label. And, ah, uh, yeah. So I played the Kickstarter uh, in August last year. That was very, very early. So it's definitely gotten better now. Um, it has accessibility, accessibility settings, which is really great because I remember talking to the dev last time I played it. So that was added and it's super great. So now you can disable the moving background and moving particles because usually with space games, I have the issue that there's always something moving. If you're in space, mm. you've got stars and planets in the background rotating around you or spaceship movement is usually really bad for me, but you can turn all of that off, which is great. The tutorial didn't get any better, so the game is so complex, it's insane. And the tutorial explains, like, the first step, and that's it. And also the UI is absolutely unintuitive. You will take minutes, literal minutes, in one window trying to find whatever you're looking for. It's not good. There is a search bar, which is cool. So you press tab, you open a search bar, and then you just type in whatever you're looking for, which makes uh, placing down walls super easy because you press tab, type in wall, enter, and you have it selected. But quests, for example, you click on a quest and you get a pop-up window and you just don't know what to do. You just don't know because there's so, there so much information there and there are like five different highlighted things 
Half of them are not important, though, so I'm not sure why they're highlighted and in bold. And it's just not intuitive. I provide a feedback again. I, I hope they're listening to that because um, my chat and I agreed on the UI definitely needing more work because it's just it's so tedious to play it. You, want to, you don't want a, a game that is complex to be tedious to. So I was watching Friend of the Show, uh, I think it's fair to say that, Northern Quarter playing this last night um, for about an hour. And one thing that I noticed right away in regards to your comments about the UI is um, uh, radial menus, like those circular yeah. menus that show up. And I took one look at that and I was like, why the hell would they have that? And then I scrolled down on the Steam page just now and I go, oh, full controller support. Right. I think I found the problem with the UI. <laughs> well, that's that's some of it. The radial menu is really nice for quick selecting tools like repair tool, hold tool, priority and stuff. But but also building works that way. So you, you right click, you open the radial menu, then you move to build, you click, and then you have all the categories. So I have a category for special objects, for walls, for floors. So let's say you want a wall, you click on that, and then it opens up what kind of wall? I don't know, a basic one, a special one. If it's for floors, for example, you click on basic floor and then you get different shapes. But it's like, there's so many clicks in that. It's just, and it's, it's you don't have an overview of all of it because it's just hidden in so many different layers of that radial menu. Yeah. So that is not nice. I, and then just information is just it's all over the place. I certainly don't envy any developer who's trying to make a game work both with a mouse and with a controller. And I oh, think yeah. like this is something that actually spoke with a friend about, like not on stream or anything, just like in a voice call a couple months ago, um, about the Steam Deck specifically, which is like, that's a large market share. And if your Steam Deck verified and you're compatible with controller and can work perfectly on a Steam Deck, that's a selling point actually right now for games because there there are people that are looking for new games to play in almost all genres that are Steam Deck verified. So when I when I look at a game like this and I go, okay, so you're just on Steam right now and just on PC right now. You're Steam Deck verified. But if you were to just show me the UI for this, I would think, oh, that's their console port. I wouldn't think that's what they're putting on PC. And when you focus so much on controller compatibility, it always makes mouse and keyboard control clunky. Mm. So yeah, it, like, it feels like, like a you bad have mix a really... of both of it. Yeah, it, it's it's and, not and optimized for any of it. Sound... It's just there's a bit of of mouse control and then there's a bit of controller control, but it doesn't fit together. Yeah, as far as tutorial stuff goes, I mean early access, right? Like I, I don't think like a yeah, game that's yeah. launching into early access needs a full tutorial. No, I that's mean, fine. Like... It's just it's just very difficult. But that does sound really clunky, and watching it looked clunky. Yeah. It's got potential. Like it, it is just early access, so hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully they they bash that one out. Yeah, fingers crossed. I haven't played yet. I'm gonna probably play it on Monday. Best of but, luck. But like, thank you. Play it with a controller. You. Better. <laughs> no, no, I'm good. <laughs> but you like you like bringing like talking about it kind of brought those memories back. I think I had re repressed those about the about the UI and. Mm. How was odd. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of crazy because, like, everybody's making these games right now, right? Like, mm. we're going to have so much basis mm. for comparison. Like, even just in, like, the it's a colony sim in a spaceship game. Because, like, there's also the last starship. 
Yep. Soon DM, right? And they, a lot of people don't know this, but RimWorld was originally supposed to be in a spaceship. And if, if you read Tynan's book, it talks about this, um, about how it was originally supposed to be in a spaceship. But the reason they decided to not put it in a spaceship was because it was um, too difficult to make it fun. Mm-hmm. And it yep. it was a very difficult thing for them to manage. And Space Haven, which is another one of these. Yeah. Um. I don't. I. I have either of you played that in a while? Because that's no, still it has been ages. That was so. I've <laughs> never been able to get into it. I kind of want to try it again because it's had like. Well, it came out May 2020, so it's had like two, over two years of development now. So I kind of want to see where it's at at some point in the mm. it, not maybe not in the near future, but like next couple months um unless dwarf fortress releases uh but um mm-hmm. that was a game that like just felt shallow right like early mm. development of that like the early game like the spaceship building stuff was cool but everything else about it felt shallow and i i remember um talking with the developer before the game came out saying they that they were not going to have a lot of mechanics initially in early access because they were afraid that the they would um make a convoluted mess of a game instead of making a polished game and I wonder if this developer has just gone with the exact opposite approach to that, where they're just like, yeah, throw everything in and we'll make it work in post. <laughs> uh, versus Maybe. like, okay, let's not put all of our planned mechanics in and focus on gameplay. Um, Honestly, like for me, I haven't played Stadius yet, but like I am just always reminded of like the one game that did get it really right when it came out and then it was abandoned. And I feel Starship like Theory? that. Starship Theory was so fun when it came out. It was so good. I I sank like 120 hours into that really? game. Really? Wow. Yeah. It was really fun because you, you could build really cool spaceships in it. Yeah, you could. But I, I, I enjoyed parts of Starship Theory, but there was parts of it that were just like super, super random and that I didn't like. But yeah, I put like a thing. I mean, some stuff was broken. 20 like hours broken. Starship Theory. I'm looking at it right now. That game's really free now, by the way, uh, because it, it, is, it did yeah, get abandoned, it's and abandoned. it's always going to be in yeah. early access. But like, it is free. So, yeah. Mm, yeah. Try it. Bases for comparison. Yep. All right, uh, FG. Do you want to talk about building PCs? Yeah. So, uh, PC Building Sim Two has come out on Epic of all places. Like, it's only it's Epic Store exclusive. Um. I need to actually check. Is it early access? Because I'm not sure, actually. I don't think it's early access. Though there is like a feedback thing directly in the game for some reason. Um, yeah, it's it's PC building simulator. It's, it's that. So um, the story is um, your uncle's shop, the one that you play in PC building sim 1, has burned down. But he has luckily another location. But uh, that that fire probably was insurance fraud. So your uncle leaves the country and leaves you with his orders. And uh, you get to uh, go from there. And you um, build PCs and fix them and repair them. I mean, it's it's more of the same. So if you enjoy PC buildings in one, you'll enjoy this one too. Um, it's obviously got the new upgraded stuff. Um, new, new, newer hardware, right? That's not in the first one because the first one is several years old by now. Um, really funny though, because you can already tell it's like super dated because um, like they make this big thing about you getting a 3080 for your uh, 
you know, just starting PC that you have in the game. And it's like, yeah, 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 3080 was this expensive about half a year ago, but now, um, nope. <laughs> so, I don't know, that's really funny. Um, there's some stuff that's really odd in it. Um, like, you can mod cases and you spray paint them, but you don't take anything out. You just spray, you just take a spray can, like a rattle can, just spray it with all the comp components inside. What? And, like, I think everybody That's in chat, painful. including me, we were just, yeah, we were just, like, dying because it's like, ah, but then, yeah. I know. But, like, the actual PC building is, is like, PC building sim. Like, it's 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 the same thing. It's, you know, tried and true stuff. It's prettier it's and looks better, I'm assuming. It looks better, yeah. It looks better. Um, what I didn't quite like was, like, so you can design your... Obviously, you have the shop. It's, like, a band. It's, like, a really rundown, like, shop that was closed for, like, 20 years or whatever. And you get that because your, your uncle had that left over. And then when you hit level two, you get a tablet, and it's, like... Oh yeah, by the way, you can decorate. But all the decorations are free. So you can like just turn your super rundown shop into like this basically we turn it into the track uh, the the set of Star Trek like it, it looked that future futuristic in the end and um it didn't cost you anything. So it felt like oh no. Why not make this like part of the progression like that you buy like those upgrades? It felt really odd. Um, I only played for about two hours, so I didn't really start selling PCs yet. I was doing just repairs, but I mean, you know, it's it's more PC building sim. So it's tried and true. It's updated, looks better. But so yeah. there's a story mode. Like, you have the shop and you repair PCs for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. But there's it's, it's, not, it's not like a big story, but like you know, yeah, there's yeah. that whole thing like. Yeah, you, so so the way it works is you get like an email from somebody and they're like, my PC is having like this problem or it's like my friend ke that, you know, keeps talking to me about how awesome their computer is. So I want a better graphics card than they have. They have a 970 and I want something better. And then they tell you like, my budget is this. And then you can be like, yeah, I'll take this job or not. Mm -hmm. And then they send their PC over and then you just switch out the graphics card and you, and then you send it back and you get money for that, right? So... Um, yeah. And, and some of the emails are really hilarious. Like, there's some references in there and that sort of stuff. It's, you know, the very first PC you fix is for uh, the Vulcan Smithy in the Forge. Um, if you're Star Trek, you know what that means. Right, um, I don't. <laughs> or, like, you get the, you get the reference. Um, and that sort of stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a sequel. Where I'm not sure the original game needed a sequel could have just been a big DLC expansion thing. I was I was gonna ask this: How much of this sequel exists because they wanted epic money? Is that a mean oh, take that's... or? No, no. I I mean it is it is updated. It looks better, right? It looks it does look better. Um, and it has had like it has the new components and that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah. No, that I I think that's not a hot take. <laughs> I feel like it's not a hot take. No, and you know, like the the first thing that you do as well, like when I said as you, as I said, like you install that graphics card. Like, of course, it's also an EVGA graphics card. So everybody's like, oh, no, we're EVGA. It's like, I just I installed know. an EVGA graphics card. Yeah, I yeah, just I bought and installed a thirty seventy. 
yeah. It was cheap. So, I don't know. Like, yeah, it's it's if you want more of the same, it's it's that and it's fun and but it it could have also just been a big updated expansion to the original game. Mm. Yeah. No, it makes But then sense. at the same time, it's also not that expensive. It's like I think eighteen pounds now. And if you're really into it, you can probably get more than 18, 18, 20 hours of entertainment out of this. Like if you're into like, you know, building like super amazing PCs in the in the game and playing around with stuff and overclocking things and all that sort of stuff. Because you can do all of that, right? And you can like um like benchmark them and test them and do all sorts of crazy builds and whatnot and mod the cases and that sort of stuff. So if that's your jam, like drop the PC on eight- the floor and lose a bunch of money and scream. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, eighteen eighteen pounds. It's, it's like they didn't go overboard with the price, right? So, sure. Yeah. But was it also Stardius, necessary? Which is like forty dollars in Canada. Yeah, Stadius and Stranian Alien Dawn are quite. Ooh. They're they're both that price point. Yep. They're both. Stranded and... is thirty three. Uh, Stardius is seven or thirty eight, but it's wow. forty two after taxes. I so. think in pounds, it's the same price for both of them i don't actually know but yeah they're 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 both not you know i'm wondering wait so stadius is 26.99 pounds that is Mm -hmm. so 27 and then stranded is i want to say cheaper than that 24.99 pounds Yes, I, yeah. I th- it's also just because the Canadian dollar isn't worth as much. But like when I start looking that's at games, true, it's yeah. like that's thirty seven ninety nine. That's all of a sudden not cheap. No, that is not cheap. Like that's if, a, a, lot if of money. a game is twenty bucks, like sometimes I'll just like say screw it and just buy it to stream. But yeah, um, especially if I want to be super critical on it. Um, but like when when I, when I look at a thing and it's like, man, yeah, that's not even that's like beyond impulse buy. Yeah. So yeah, pretty expensive. Yeah. But uh, on the topic of good impulse buys, uh, Kiri, do you want to talk about the uh, funniest video game to come out this year? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Trombone Champ. You you might have heard of it already. You might have seen funny clips and shorts of people playing it. It's a rhythm game. And you play a trombone. And I have to be honest, I don't think it's funny because it's a trombone. Because it just sounds like Austrian folk music, and I'm used to it. But I've been I've been told that the trombone is funny because in order to produce sounds, you you slide the I, I don't know music right, but you slide the instrument. So you don't press a button to produce that one tone, but you slide it. So if you are bad and you fail and you slide too much or too little, then you have the wrong tone, the wrong note, and that's funny. So that's a giant slide whistle. Yeah, basically. So why I think the game is funny is because it's just super hard and you have classical music played on a trombone. So that, that is funny. It's just, it's just fun gameplay. It's a rhythm game and you know, it's, it's got music that you probably recognize, but then you play so badly because the game is difficult that you don't recognize it anymore. So it's funny. It's fun to play. Um, yeah, I I don't laugh about the trombone sounds because that's just not funny to me. But but overall it's it's a good it's a good game. It's funny. I did it for a sub goal, actually. So true story. Um I played cello for almost fifteen years and was in an orchestra. 
the brass was always directly behind the cellists. So to me, trombones aren't funny. They just simply make me deaf because <laughs> I can't hear anything over them. That being said, trombone, trombones played badly are uh, goofy as hell sounding. Same with trumpets played badly, except trumpets played, played badly just hurt, whereas trombones played badly just sound kind of amusing at a distance. Yeah, I suppose. Because it is kind of a giant slide whistle. But I, th I think part of this game's comedy comes from, like, the fact that it is a trombone, but it's also kind of not a trombone. Like, it's kind of a weird, like, almost trombone-esque sound. Like, there's something about the sound in this game that, like, isn't quite a trombone. At least from, it doesn't sound like a trombone to me, anyway, as somebody who played with them in an orchestra. Right. Yeah, well, um, I wouldn't know. It sounds like an almost trombone. Or like a weird synthesizer trombone. Okay. But yeah. combine that with just like the visuals and the on-screen stuff and like the kind of the gags that kind of come with the detuningness of it, it just ends up being audible comedy. Yeah, it's also very silly and it actually has jump scares, so it scared me too. But <laughs> that's a bit more than just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it that for people funny. who haven't seen okay. it yet. But yeah, yeah, there was a jump scare. I was watching your VOD of this, and uh, you may have sold me, and I've added it to my New Year's shenanigans, because mm -hmm. I play Getting Over It every New Year's, so I think I might just add this to the trash bucket. Definitely, and it's it's doing great on Twitch, because it's just funny for everybody already. Yeah, I think this is one of those games that's going to be evergreen for a while, yeah. and people will be like, I need something goofy, so instead of like, you know, it's like the, the new goat simulator, kind of. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I do this stupid thing. Because, like, just talking about trombone thing, a uh, trombone uh, champ, because somebody said this today. So if somebody subbed to me for five years, right, 60 months, they get to pick a game for me to play. Yeah. And somebody was like, if nobody picks trombone champ in, like, three years, I will pick trombone champ because this is necessary. <laughs> and I'm just like, no! <laughs> it, it does have accessibility oh, I... settings, though. You can, you can remove the background, the moving background when yeah. you play a song that's good yeah because i definitely need that i i just i still don't know if i could play it for an entire stream stream though because i think my eyes would just start like <laughs> you if you keep staring at a screen where stuff just keeps moving from like one oh side yeah to the you other, feel like you moving yeah your eyes yeah. start like yeah yeah, yeah i wouldn't yeah. play it for too long <laughs> yeah just do it make it like an hour sesh you know yeah 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 exactly <laughs> But I, I, I think that's I think that's pretty much everything for the day. Is there is there any honorable mentions or anything else we want to throw in here at last minute? Or Not that good? I can think of. Okay. I'm just no, making sure I'm we good. haven't missed anything more than anything. Nope. No, All right, no I don't then. think so. Then I'm gonna say, uh, if you liked this podcast, stick around because next week we have a special uh ADHD episode which was pre recorded, which we talked about at the beginning. And uh, that episode's very good, and that'll be releasing uh, next week at the same time as this one on Sundays. That's where you can find the Halcyon Frequency podcast. But before I do the uh, necessary uh, podcast plugging, I'm just going to say, uh, Kiri, can you tell people who you are and where they can find you on the internet? Yeah, I'm a strategy indie game streamer on Twitch. I create content elsewhere, too. You can find me on 2dkiri.com. And FG? Yeah, I'm FG Squared. You can virtually find me with that tag everywhere youtube twitch tiktok except on twitter 
On Twitter, there is a sneaky underscore between the FG and the squared because there's somebody still sitting on that name. Grrr. But uh, yeah, see you around the internet. And I'm blind. You can find me at B-L-I-N-D-I-R-L on pretty much all platforms. And as far as this podcast goes, if you want to find more episodes of this podcast, you can do that at halcyonfrequency.com or in any place that organic podcasts are harvested. And I just wanted to say a real quick thank you to everybody who uh, has joined our Discord and asked us questions about the podcast in the past. And if you want to talk about the podcast, the Discord's probably the best place to do that. We have a little discussions room as well as a questions room. So I recommend you go over there if you would like to talk to us about that. If you want to help this podcast out, greatly appreciated our iTunes reviews. Uh, it's like pulling teeth to get them, but it's literally the only thing that tells iTunes, hey, you should promote this. I think we're a five-star podcast, but frankly... Uh, any ratings help. Uh, secondly, uh, if, if you happen to be listening on a platform and you can't find the podcast, uh, please just send me a DM and I will do my best to make it appear there. Of course, you can always find the new episodes at halcyonfrequency.com. Free for download on the website as well as links for places to subscribe. Uh, and I think that's pretty much everything, so I will just say, until next Sunday, don't change that dial. This is Halcyon Frequency, signing off. Halcyon Frequency.